Listen up, Jazz Nation. It's time for Guys on the Sideline, where you'll hear opinions, predictions, and sports takes in every direction. If you're a diehard sports fan, this is the place to be. They've never played. They have no experience. But they have plenty to say. And now, here are the guys on the sideline. Go Jazz. Go Jazz. Go Jazz. Hey, everybody. Welcome on in to Guys on the Sideline, the podcast. Back at you with episode four. This is Jeff. I'm joined by Chris. Chris, how are you? Howdy. I'm doing well. Uh, well, we'll get into it. <laughs> Yes, we will. That's what this is for. All right, guys on the sideline. Um, today we are talking jazz. This is the jazz season preview. We're a couple games in, and I think that's where you're going with that comment. So we'll Damn. we'll dive in. But for those that are just tuning in to the guys on the sideline podcast, the fastest growing sports podcast uh, out there, um, tell us a little bit about the podcast and the thinking and what people can expect. Well, Jeff, uh, you know, it's often said that we live in the information age where we love data, we love facts, we love prediction models, we love um, expert opinion scoops and that kind of thing. And this podcast has nothing to do with any of that. Um, really, what this podcast is about is just the, the perspective from the sidelines, man. It's how you feel. When you see things going out on the field, it's how you feel when you read those scoop reports. It's it's the fans' perspective, and, which I think is valuable and sometimes overlooked. Um, and so I think that's kind of what the emphasis here, and that's that's what we're trying to embrace. We we open our doors to all manner of crazy theories and uh, ungrounded, um, wild cockeyed opinion you're gonna have lots of that here <laughs> and just as was mentioned in the intro we've got plenty to say so these are like you say opinions from the sidelines from guys that really have no experience or never played um, but we're gonna have some fun with it now what's interesting um, I think is interesting we're gonna give you the opinions um, from our perspectives on our favorite teams so right now is my team beating your team in the NFL? Arizona Cardinals is my team. Your team's the Oakland Raiders. Hey, I don't, They're you both know, one and are they one and five. I think I've it depends on the standard of comparison. If it's wins and losses, they're both. I think it's tied. Unless or no, the cart. No, yes, they're tied. Right, one yeah, and five. Yeah, one and five. Um, so. From that perspective, maybe we can't find any clearance, but from the perspective of which team would make for the better yard sale, uh, I think Oakland, <laughs> Oakland Raiders. Is, but, but Although, did you hear Patrick Peterson yesterday, Arizona Cardinals? He, they're shopping him? No, first. they don't want to shop him, but they um, really? he's apparently requested, asked for a trade. Wow. Requested the trade. So you lose PP, and that's a big deal. For, that's a big one for the Cardinals. But anyway, this is not about the NFL. We could talk Oakland Raiders, Arizona Cardinals, and I think nobody would listen. And it turns out probably will no, no one will listen to the Jazz uh, breakdown. No, that's not true. We've got lots of people that uh, are curious to hear our take on the Utah Jazz. Now, I will say this, jumping into it. As the season began, um, I felt that this this team and this season – um, there's more buzz around it than any other team since the late 90s, since Stockton and Malone, Hornacek, um, and the championship runs. I, I feel like 
uh, Carlos Boozer and Darren Williams. I think those were nice teams, mm-hmm. but there is a buzz, is there not, yeah. around this Agreed. team this year? Agreed. And in the, of course, the first other candidate that came to mind was those Boozer. I don't know why we why do we lead with Boozer. Uh, those are Darren Williams. My apologies, teams, but, Darren Williams. I think Boozer just he was a comical. He was a tragio comic figure in in Utah sports. But did you know I saw him at the Gateway at a movie theater, and he was wearing the nicest fur coat. I mean, it was Joe Mayo esque from Seinfeld, a little Seinfeld reference. For you. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, little little run. Oh, with he, the he booze. liked to live large. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I agree. And in, in the part of the reason I felt like we couldn't include the, any of those teams is because it was so clear what their ceiling was. And I think the difference now is that with Steph Curry, you know, past thirty now, or, or I think he's going Close. to turn thirty, he's yeah, right in that yeah, range. That's about right. Basically, in in you know the prospect of Durant maybe bolting after a season, maybe Clay Thompson, you know, bolts as well. That maybe finally there'll be this loosening of the grip of that that team, that franchise, and there might be openings. And Utah being a young uh, team that's that's full of talent, um, there isn't the same ceiling in place. And a lot of people have commented, including very authoritative, the the sorts of sor- sources I defined at the beginning as being the opposite from what we are. Um, you know, using their analytical mo- models and things like that are are making a case that the Jazz could really go far. That there may not be the same kind of ceiling. Yeah, I left out Andre Karolinko. How did I forget about him? He was a, he was a staple on that team. Yes, so, he was. All right, let's dive into the present day. So Jazz are one and two. They had an undefeated preseason. We're looking good. Yeah. Uh, I think we both commented and recognized, well, it's the preseason, right? right. It doesn't really matter. Um, they led. Um, they, they had a great opener against Sacramento, looked uh, pretty decisive there. Um, Golden State, last Friday, uh, went to that game. And yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, though, the energy in that building, it was playoff-esque. Yeah. And they, not only did they hang with the Golden State Warriors, the defending champions, I mean, they they were 103 points after three quarters, and it was insane. And they were hitting shots, and um, as you mentioned, one play away, they really, they had the stop on Durant, and um, the old former jazz player knocks that baby in, and anyway, kind of... Joe Ingles pouring it in from every direction, apparently, in that one. I didn't see much of the game myself, but... What what amazed me is that that's that, that was kind of the Vegas spread was like a point and a half, and so it's kind of interesting to see the Jazz kind of playing in that range. And if they can hang with Golden State at home like that, um, it's interesting. Now, you know, they had one of those early season laid an egg kind of thing, emotional letdown games last night. I think unfortunately um, concerns me a bit that that Donovan isn't scoring very efficiently. But I'm I'm a big believer in it. You, there's a ramp up phase. The Lakers, I think, have lost two already. I don't think the Lakers will be bad all year. And and in fact, I sometimes get more nervous when it's the opposite, when you're, you know, when your team comes out hot and they win, you know, let's say 12 straight. Those years make me more nervous because you're kind of peaking too early or maybe you're just taking advantage of other teams that are working out kinks and getting back into the flow. And so I'm I'm not as worried about it this time. And apparently um, Grayson Allen had a nice showing last night as well, yeah. which is a big component of my prediction that 
he he's he's being underrated and that he's going to end up being um, a, a big contributor potentially on the team. So Here, here's what I saw um, on Friday night and then th- through three games. And again, they've they've lost two of them, unfortunately. But um, the depth that the Jazz have is is unbelievable. I mean, you got Dante, you got Alec Burks that was getting some minutes. You got uh, Grayson Allen that's going to fit into the equation um, and, and other players. I just Jay Crowder. Um, I think they've got a really good lineup uh, and, and a good Great. bench. Second yeah. quarter is going to be a strength. Um, mm-hmm. to, to me, it's going to be interesting to see if Donovan hits the sophomore slump. Yeah. Um, I, you know I'm a buyer of Donovan. He is the man. I mean, oh, he yeah. is a superstar, and we yeah. are witnessing amazing things. But I recognize, and I think the fan base does too, He's going to have a game or two yeah. where he's going to struggle, and yeah. you're going to say, Donovan, like, dude, you were there, right? I mean, yeah. why why the step back? But I, I think it's important for Jazz fans and Jazz Nation to understand that the, the growing process for him, he's going to take some steps forward, he's going to take mm-hmm. a couple back, and he's going to have games yeah. where he's going to struggle, and... Um, I think going into the season, knowing that is, is going to be important yeah. to, to recognize. I agree. And I, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think it's it's hard when your expectations go through the roof like his did, when you're the the ESPN breakout athlete of the year at the ESPYs and all that kind of thing. And obviously he, he did kind of a, a summer tour of love, you know, where he was out visiting people's barbecues and whatnot in the state and uh, going to, you know, Utah football games, Aggie football games, things like that. And so, you know, he's doing his part, I think, to just build an amazing rapport with the community. And I think you can, you have to credit some of that with the atmosphere against Golden State, is that this this is a city that's really behind this team, that loves this team. And I think that's important. But um, to your point, Jeff, like, we've got to fight our Utah fan base um, you know, tendency to knee jerk and overreact, and and I'm a little bit worried that if 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 Donovan takes, I don't know, the first month to start to sort things out, you might hear murmurings. You kind of already heard this a little bit amongst the fan base. Well, oh, he, you know, Donovan sure does seem to be out there, kind of just soaking it in. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it didn't quite rise to the level yet of full blown criticism. Because what are you going to say? The guy just came off of Rookie of the Year oh, campaign yeah, for sure. But you can see how that it's setting the stage for people to start to say it's gone to his head. He's not working hard enough. This or that, which I don't believe any of that. I, I don't but, believe either. Anyway, so I think it's interesting, but I'm I'm still I'm still locked in on my prediction. Jazz to the finals. I know that it's crazy. Jazz to the finals. Jazz to the finals. I mean, I, I, I want to believe, but I think I think it's possible. But I just think, look, it's hard to transition back to full basketball, and you know you've got to get back into the physicality and things like that. But think how differently we'd all feel if that tip in doesn't go in and we beat Golden State. Uh, we no probably win Memphis. Maybe, then. maybe. But even if we don't, you're not as worried. You're like, yeah. you know, so it's it's one of those things. We're right there. Um, we're a couple plays away. Yeah, to- totally. So let me let me float this idea for you. I've been thinking about this. Is it too early to start the Donovan Mitchell Rookie of the Year campaign? <laughs> we know that Ben Simmons won it last year as a second year player. Is that a little far fetched, or do you think we 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 the guys on the sideline uh, maybe sponsor this and uh, see if we can get some traction? Yeah, I, I mean, why not? Right? If 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 we're just changing the definition of a rookie to a second year professional, that's had a year of at the very least development under your belt first then then so be it but the Sixers aren't faring too well themselves either it doesn't mean I think they're going to be a bad team Boston hasn't fared very well no, who did they lose they to last they, night they um, Orlando Orlando 
Not, yeah, so that's a not a good, not a good lot. You know, Memphis is one of those every year. It's like they're they're going to take one from us. We know yeah. it. It's just yeah. they're a physical team. They play hard. They're kind of Utah esque in how they kind of build their teams. And so we know you're going to have some of those here and there. Um, it'll all come out in the wash, yeah. I think. But I don't think there's any cause for major alarm. No, total, totally agree. I think it's going to be a good season. Um, going back to a point that you made earlier, and I and I agree with it in that I think if the Jazz start six and zero, seven and zero, I think it goes to the head a little bit of some mm-hmm. of these players. It's a younger team. I mean, you've got some veteran leadership, but you've got you know Donovan's a star, and he's he's the youngest one of the younger players on the team. I think Quinn Snyder is an excellent coach, and I think Me too. I think being in the Golden State game. Um, is a good plus for him because it's uh, guys we can play with any team out there um, but there were some weaknesses right and there were some things where Donovan per, in particular I, I look at uh, the second to last possession Donovan um, they hold the ball for 24 seconds and then Donovan launches the three now the three goes in and the guy's the hero right but it was right. yeah we probably could have run a play yeah um, they were up by one I think at the time and so you didn't need the three no go in maybe get a foul get a foul yeah take it um, to the rim you know maybe they don't call that at that stage but Donovan might start getting those calls you know he's kind of getting to that point and that stature so live and learn but I'm all for early season tough lessons totally you're, you're better off learning early in the season that you know you know that sometimes you're going to take your lumps and whatever and that you can't get away with certain types of play and that's one thing I mean I, I bring up Boston as a kind of comparison point because they're another team with sky high expectations I mean people essentially have them penciled into the finals so that's that's almost a foregone conclusion but you have to wonder you know when the hype is is at that level surrounding your team if the team doesn't kind of hear it and buy into it a little bit and get sold on it and start to lapse and um, so I, I kind of wonder a little bit whether that's been the case now Utah's effort against Golden State wouldn't seem to reflect that they they brought a full effort I don't think people are sitting there scratching their heads over that no. one um, it was a couple years ago you were lucky if you didn't lose by double digits to the Golden State that was the absolute expectation that's what was going to happen and if you know, there was not a, a, a chance in the world that we were going to be competitive in a game that that got into the 130 range. We didn't have that kind of firepower in the past, and so no, it wasn't a perfect game. didn't didn't pan out perfectly, but um, we've got some tools on this team that could help us um, get there. So um, you know, we just got to hang in there. Can I ask you a question, Draymond Green? He was at it with Golden State. This guy. I don't know. He's he's an instigator. He man. is the villain. Is there mm-hmm. anybody that you hate more or that is hated more in the NBA? I don't think so. I would argue maybe Mark Jackson just because he's an idiot, like the <laughs> yeah, commentator. Yeah. But in terms of players, I mean, I think you have some hatred for like stars, but that's different, a t- different kind. I don't know that there is another player out there who commands the kind of hatred. I really don't that he, that he does. He pushed Rudy Gobert like – Tried yeah. to get in his face. He yeah. sent Donovan to the yeah. ground with an elbow. I mean, yeah. just – and whines on every play. I mean, yeah. he just is yeah. – he is tough to watch. He's a piece of work, and I think we – you know, we've got an, a potential instigator on our hands with Grayson Allen and the great Duke tradition of Christian Leitners and so forth. So maybe – I think you – I think there's no – you know, overestimate or overstating the importance of a player like that that just gets people focused on the wrong things, gets in their head, distracts them. And so 
I look, I don't like Draymond as much as anyone else, but I think maybe that role he plays is kind of underestimated at uh, times. Oh, you I, know? I, I agree. And then they bring in Boogie Cousins, speaking of the Warriors, yeah. and it's like, wow, this team. Yeah, I guess that's one couple, thing we've got to note is that this team is boogieless. But I think you and I are both on the record saying I'm not so sold on that or sure about it. I think when you've got a, a – I think we've put it in these terms before, but when you've got a team of selfless superstars, you've got an unbeatable team. Can DeMarcus Cousins be a selfless superstar? I mean, I just got to see it. I, yeah. don't, I don't know his we history well. We haven't seen well. it yet. Well, and I'm, you know, I could be wrong. Maybe he's done that somewhere else. But he's going to have to play a very marginalized role. I mean, he's he's at most going to be the third scorer. Third or, or fourth, fourth, even. So, you know, that's pretty small. Yeah. Okay, um, let's get into some predictions and maybe some surprises. Um, you referenced the Celtics uh, out east and how people are, are penciling them in. Is, is there a team that maybe is flying below the radar, in your opinion, uh, out east? Maybe I'll start with this question. I'm, I'm going to take the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. I think they're a team yeah. um, that essentially imploded in the playoffs. Now, granted, they had to play LeBron James and the Cavaliers, and so it's, it's yeah. not, I wouldn't call that an implosion. Um, but in my opinion, that's the team out east that I'm, I think going to fly below the radar. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's thinking Boston. I think naturally you look at the 76ers as yeah, well. Yeah. I think Toronto um, with Kawhi Leonard, I, I think he's got something to play for. I think he's yeah. got something to prove and I think yeah. that um, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out. Uh, I think, how about you? I think you're right because I mean, I'm just sitting here racking my brain. Who else in the East is even worth talking about? There just isn't another team besides those three that you mentioned. And so what I could kind of see is that you know the the question for me is how does uh, Boston handle the role of the front runner with all of these crazy chemistry questions, right? I mean, you've, you're bringing in Kyrie, who left a team with the best player in the world because he wanted the ball more. So does he fit well back into Steven's system? Gordon Hayward so far, kind of kind of what I expected. I, think, I thought he would just plug into that just kind of 14, 15 points a night, couple block, couple... I mean, certainly the strong contributor, but I don't know that he's the he's the all-star that you thought you were bargaining for. I don't know that he ever wanted that. I don't know. Unless you design the system around him where he starts the offense, I don't think you're ever going to see that again. Well, he's definitely going to collect the paycheck of a superstar. And they're paying him big bucks. But I totally agree. I think um, that's Kyrie's team, in my opinion. Yes. Now right. that now that the Earth is round, is it's that? round again. He did an okay. apology. He took he it did, back. So I, I like that he put out an apology. Change the textbooks back, please, okay. everyone. Let's, uh, reprint let's make the sure old editions. But um, you know, basically, I just think that I think that's trouble. I think it's trouble when you have somebody who's so like I, you know, and I really feel bad for like Minnesota, right? For the way Jimmy Butler is treating that situation, it's it's really unfair in my opinion. He's pulling this diva mode. You know, the coaches can't account for him. They don't know where he's going to be at any given time. And I just see a bit of that in Kyrie. Kyrie is a, is a phenomenal talent. I think he had as much to do with winning that Cavs final as, as in that oh, championship sure. as, as LeBron did. And maybe they would have won the previous year had had Kyrie not gone down in whatever it was, game two or whatever. Um, but I don't know. So I, I'm really curious to see how that Boston team plays. I think Brad Stevens is a really good coach. Yeah. But I don't think that they're 
I think if you if you plot Boston in the West, where are they? Middle of the road? Yeah, three, yeah, four, three, four. Five. I mean, definitely a good team, but I don't know that they're. Which, which is why I go back to this argument. I I get that LeBron came to Hollywood. I get that he's setting up his next career move. Mm-hmm. But man, oh man, I think if you stay out east and if you go to New York, you'll you'll need a piece or two because the Knicks are terrible. Yeah. Um, get, getting better, but I mean they're they're not where they should be. He'd be in the finals again, right? But you come yeah. out west. Let, let's turn our attention to the west for a minute. So, um, Lakers are yet to win this season. And, no, I think, and they have, I think they were like two and two. Or oh, something. I, no, I think they're winless. Are they? Okay, my bad. So I I know that they've lost a couple, but I thought that they'd won a couple as well. But yeah, I I'm with you. I mean, but you, my honest opinion is that LeBron. He's had the situation where he gets to go to the finals every year. I'm not totally sure he wants to play the finals again this year. I think this guy maybe wants a year where maybe that's not exactly what the expectations are. If they can get themselves into maybe the second round of the playoffs, have a competitive series, and then out, there'll be questions, there'll be things, but they can make some some moves. Um, oh, right you are. So 0-3. Oklahoma 0-3. City is 0-3 as well, which is really? an interesting. Um, interesting, yeah. So and, and, I, you know, those teams I think will be in the playoffs or will be at least on the bubble. Um, Minnesota right now at the top of the stack. <laughs> so, yeah, but you got – well, yeah, we got Denver. New Orleans put up big points. New Orleans points, looking, but, looking pretty good. But out west, I mean, g- give me the top g- give me the top tier here. We're going to agree on Golden State, no Golden question. State. Houston? I guess Houston. But I'm. Did you see that game the other know. night with the Lakers? The brawl, brouhaha. It's pretty good. Chris Paul, yeah, poking a finger in the face. Yeah, of... I don't know about. I don't know about the Rockets. They drive me crazy because I feel like Hart, half of Harden's offense is just cheap fouls that they call on him and and or just that they give him and no one else. Um, but yeah, I I think that you get those two, I guess. Um, and then from there, obviously Utah's in the mix. Although we've got to play better and prove it more. Portland, somewhat up there. I I don't know what to make of San Antonio. Are they going to be good yeah, this year? Yeah, San Antonio, I, I think, is a question really mark. Um, the, the scary thing about the West is they're they're turning into something almost like the Pac-12 South, you know? I was it's, waiting for this comparison, yeah, Chris. Let's hear it. But I'm just saying... It's it's you've got teams that are clearly better than other teams, but any team can beat any other team on any given night. For sure, it's just uh, so this could be a pretty messy regular season, I think. So going in um, to this season, I want to look at the Jazz wins and let's set an over under. I'm going to give you um, 55. Last year the Jazz won I think 48 games. Mm-hmm. That sound right? Uh, and I heard people talking even 60 wins, which Ooh. is I mean a 12. Um, win improvement, which would be outstanding, which is right. not out of the question in my opinion. But I, I think that's no, a bit of a stretch. I if I go fifty-five, you taking the over or under I, on Jazz? I think I'll wins. take under. Um, not not to say that I again I picked them to, to go to the finals, right? I think that they I think that they'll have some ups and downs this year. I think at the end of the day, it's ironic because we're this team that was like among. The, the only teams in the NBA that essentially did nothing other than bring Grayson Allen in and get rid of Jonas Drebko only to have him beat us in, you know, the second game of the season. Anyway, um, but basically, 
I that being said, though, I still feel like they've still got to work their chemistry out. I think that Quinn Snyder is the ultimate tinkerer, and he he's got to really figure out what role does Dante Exum really fill. How many minutes a night do you put him in? I mean, we only got him back at the very end of the year last year, and he did some nice things in the playoffs, did some nice things defensively, but um, we don't necessarily know. Grayson Allen, you know, can he be consistent? Can he step up? Can we get some shooting from him and some additional offense? Well, then you do have to find a place to plug him in. Um, Jay Crowder had a great game against Golden State, but then, you know, kind of fell off a little bit against Memphis. So I just, I we are a very deep team, but it's a question of finding the right mixtures and, and the right balance. And I think that'll take time. And I also think, you know, knock on wood, but, you know, we'll have some injuries throughout the year. Yeah. Some people go down once in a while. Um I'll, I'll, let me just give you this. Like, I know that this is a long thing. I, I think that the biggest thing, the biggest poison pill for my prediction for the Jazz is this. I wonder if Derek Favors will be the Derek Favors we knew when he was in a contract year or if he'll fall off a little bit. I, I think he's one of those guys that... You're not calling out Faves, are I, you? I might be. I might. Not calling him out, but just saying... Wh- which Derek Favors is going to show which up? Which Derek Favors? Yeah. Because he'd been on kind of a mediocre trajectory and then snapped to attention when it came to, to making his money. Now that he's he's re-signed, I'm just a little... I'm, I'm a little curious. I'm a little curious. What kind of... Does he put some weight back? On, I mean, he had slendered down. Yeah. He had, he was really pushing to to get that max contract and all that kind of stuff. What? Who? Who do we see now? And and I think you have to. I think he is an X factor, especially in the playoffs. Especially, I think he's won us a good handful of playoff games because he's just that that added component, that added threat. Yeah, no, no question. And I agree with you on the injuries comment. I, I want to see Rudy Gobert and see what he can do through a full season. Yeah. He's one in my mind that um, there's a question mark on yeah. on him. I, I get you, you miss a game or a two, but if, if he goes down for a stretch, mm-hmm. what does that do to the defense? Because the yeah. returning defender, def, uh, defensive player of the year, I mean, they the Jazz need him in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they scored it and gave up how many against Golden State, so it's not like the defense was stellar that well, night. But. I was just going to point that game out, though, because there's something very important here, I think. The Jazz, suppose they get through this season and they end up having a repeat of last year. They do pretty well. They win a first-round series against someone. Um, I don't think OKC is going to be a huge threat. I don't, you know, I think even Houston could be weaker than they've been in the past. But when it comes to Golden State, and it, you could still lose to Houston because your defense is so centered around Gobert, but these perimeter teams that just shoot the ball, what do you do? I'm wondering, it'll be interesting to see, with Rudy still in his prime, with a lot of good years ahead of him, if we have another repeat, if we have another year, where at what point do you start to look at, okay, do we get another big wing or something to defend the perimeter in exchange for Gobert eventually, right? And build more around Donovan and his scoring, his quickness. I don't know. You know, do yeah. you shop in, and maybe you keep favors on to you know provide somewhat of that presence down low? But I, that'll be the interesting shift to see. If Chris, we, these are know. some interesting thoughts uh, and interesting predictions. You predicted the Jazz potentially to the finals. Yeah. Do the Jazz ship Rudy Gobert long term? Maybe. It, That's it, more it, just it, a question. It, it, yeah, it's it a question happen. mark. The one th- thought that I have in in uh, in conclusion on Donovan Mitchell, because again, as we um, started the show, um, special talent. The kid is yeah. a 
is amazing and he's really the future of the jazz. Yeah. Um, I remember as a kid watching Michael Jordan and I remember him playing the Pistons and I I remember this thought because I, I liked Michael Jordan and I always felt really bad for him because he could never beat the Pistons and it was essentially him and him only that was right. out there. He was scoring big points and as I look at Donovan, I know that he's a year or two away, right? He's not in his yeah. prime. He's still growing. He's still learning mm-hmm. and I hope um, – that he relies on the team, that he improves his game, but he doesn't feel like he needs to go out there and 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 be the guy. Like I think in certain games, if he's hot, he needs to be that guy. This is a knock against Gordon Hayward, right? We came down the stretch. It was tied up. We had one possession left, and Gordon didn't want the ball no, in his hands. Definitely not. And so obviously a knock against him. I'm not saying Donovan needs to pass, but I'm saying Donovan is this talent. Mm-hmm. Look at Michael Jordan. you got to have pieces around you because Michael yeah. didn't start winning right. when it was just himself. He needed no. the pieces. The Jazz have some of those pieces, uh, to your point. They may need to, uh, to look elsewhere down, uh, down the road. But I think he has got to just stay committed to his game. And I think, like on that last possession that I'm I'm referencing, I think, look for Joe Ingles. Donovan, you've got the ball, right? You've probably got the best defender on you thinking that it's going to you. And boom, zip that over to Joe Ingles. Get it over to Alec Burks. Get it down to Derek Favors or somebody. Move the ball around, and I think it's only going to benefit his game. We have a a handful of iconic Michael Jordan buzzer beater shots, and so he took them, yes. But why do we really know the names like John Paxson? Why do we know Steve Steve Kerr? Kerr? Why do you know that? Because they were standing in the corners and he would he would dish that ball. Double Everyone, team on Jordan. Double team on Jordan. Best defender. He'd and throw he'd it into one of his sharpshooters and they knock it down. So absolutely that's part of what you have to learn. And I frankly think that that's been LeBron's plight for years now is who's his corner guy? Who's the guy that can knock something down, right? Um, I think in, in Miami he had it one year with Ray Allen and, and Ray Allen yeah. did just that. Ray Allen right? was that guy. And so I think every big star who does the kind of you know, Yeoman's work of like getting, keeping your team competitive throughout a game needs that release valve at the end that can get forgotten about. Robert Ori. Robert How many Ory. rings does that guy yeah. have? How many Too big many. time shots does that He's another guy... one that I put on my all time hate list oh, right I, there. I can't stand I him can't either. Stand but I mean, that Robert... guy's got rings galore because he would just knock those threes down well, at the end of a game. Look at the Jazz. The Jazz didn't start really making that run until they had a Jeff Hornacek. Hornacek. Hornacek was the guy that they needed. And he I was remember... that third option kind of thing. And and they needed him, and, yeah. and he was it. So obviously, we're getting a little premature with the Jazz. I like where you're thinking. Um, I, I probably have them. Let's end on this prediction where you have them finishing in the West. I I think I go. I'm going to put them. So I, a lot of projections have them higher. I'm going to put them down to five okay. because I think that they're going to underachieve just a little bit. I think it's a lot to expect Donovan to be the guy. I think you'll see a similar thing happen to the Sixers in the East. But I think once you get to the playoffs, you know, I think they'll turn another switch and I think they'll give people problems. But I think it's going to be up and down. I think you know you look at the team last year, and it was a tale of two two seasons, right? Gobert was hurt for a lot of it, and this was part of it. But, you know, ask any Jazz fan at the end of December last year how they were feeling about that team. Oh, not good. Ask them how they were feeling at the end of April, right? Now, we, we, we know that, that they've been better over a longer stretch against good competition, won a playoff series. We know that they are legitimately good. But at the end of the day, there there were ups and downs last year. I don't think that was all injuries. I think that there's going to be some, some of that this year. And um, so I think Jazz fans just need to hold tight. And they'll be okay. You're you're not going to get lined up, I don't think, against anybody in the first round that's going to be overly difficult. And frankly, so if you end up playing Golden State the first round versus the second versus whatever, that's just you're 
you were probably going to play him at some point anyway, yeah. so what difference does it yeah. really make? You know? So you got him five. I think they could go as high as two. Like, I honestly yeah. think there's no question they could mm. be the second team in the West. I'm not going to pick them there because I just think they still have got some growing up to do a little yeah. bit. I, I think more um, three or four, probably four is where I pick them, which mm-hmm. is where they were last year, okay. right? They had the home court uh, in the first round. So give me, um, this is the ultimate, this is guys on the sideline, this is the thing. You were there for the Warriors game. What was your feeling and sense about the team that you saw on the court? Oh, energy. It, it was, they, they were hitting shots. I mean, again, 103 points through three quarters. Wow. Um, I, I was blown Sorry. away. Yeah. Um, Joe Ingles was knocking down shots. Ricky mm-hmm. Rubio played okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Donovan hit some big shots. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's an energy. There's a passion. I think the fan base, um, it, it, you know, that fed into that quite a bit. I mean, I think mm-hmm. there was, it was definitely, the atmosphere was right. Um but I know, this is the hard thing as a Jazz fan, I know that they can play that kind of ball every night and be that best play, best team in the West. But I also see them dropping a game to the Indiana Pacers or the Orlando Magic where it's like, how in the world are we losing? And that's what makes me a little bit nervous. That's why I think I have them uh, probably a four. Yeah. Just because I think they're as good as the two, but I think they'll they'll lose a couple games that, they, um, that they'll lose, um, that they should win but it'll knock them down to four. So anyway, guys on the sideline today, uh, that was a, uh, we hope, an enjoyable uh, few minutes of our take on the Utah Jazz. Should be an exciting season. We'll do uh, more of these rants, uh, not necessarily a a preview or a season recap, but we'll we'll get back to NFL and college football, talking jazz as well. Got to get in here and talk about the fire sale of the Oakland Raiders. Raiders. We've also got to talk about the, um, suddenly Utah looks like, Washington the, did the a Utah years. Utes. Football. Yeah, I mean, suddenly they look like they're this dominant force. Well, they scored forty or more points in the last yeah three, three games. games. That's not typical. And so, so suddenly, who knew Kyle Whittingham had an offense? Huh. Well, I've got in depth in analysis of that. In huh. depth. That, that's what they call a tease in the that's industry, Chris. Okay, close, close so you're going to want to uh, yeah. you're going to want to tune uh, back in. Uh, any shout outs that we need to give before we go? How about to, to Maddie Maddie G. Um, the voice, Maddie G. Okay. The voice. Thank you, Matt. Above. Luke for his help. Luke and Bo uh, and Cliff. I Bo know they're Cliff the only ones that are listening all the way and, to the end. And Derek, just for you, because oh, you, you make fun of us. Uh, but I know you're actually listening. Oh, brother, we appreciate you. All right, guys on the sidelines, signing off. Thanks for joining. Have see a good ya. one. We'll see you next week. See you later. The opinions and predictions on this podcast are right ninety eight point three percent of the time.